He's here. He's arrived. Patrick Gar is in the building. There we go. I got the right microphone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Real <laughs> honour to be here. This is the first time ever on Newstalk ZB. Is it? Yeah, I've been tempted to call a few times. Oh, 1080 You know the yeah, number. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ethan. We just yeah, want to drink a yeah, water. But as, life, as life's gone on, my voice would be too recognisable. So um, <laughs> here I am. I suppose it was because we were playing on opposite teams before. That's right. That's right. I mean, your listeners won't know, but there was a ban and and, and a war um, between between us. But that, that, like like many wars, that's over now. Thank heavens, (laughs) and we're into a a lovely period of cooperation and very good telly you've been doing too. The alcohol one was huge. I was away when that screened. Yeah, you were. Yeah, that had a huge impact. Uh, and now you've done on all the drugs. You had the marijuana one as well. Um, should we decriminalise drugs in New Zealand? What did you come to the conclusion around that? Yeah, I really started leaning um, towards decriminalisation of drugs. All uh, drugs? All drugs, yes. And that, um, you know, it's probably a view. It's 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 really funny saying it out loud. It's the first time I've said it out loud, um, actually, since, you know, after the documentary, now that it's out. It's been in my mind. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I really look at our drug laws and think, in a lot of ways, they're they're really crazy. And I've, I've been on a five-year journey through these documentaries, you know, and, and, I've, and I've learned a lot. And I guess for me, it's been a paradigm shift around drugs. When I started, I wasn't anti-drugs, but I was just kind of like, they can just stay illegal and people can mm. get them if they want and... That's all good, and and you know I don't really care. I just didn't really care yep. to be honest. And you know, as as people listening will know, I used to like drinking alcohol, and life was fine, I guess. Um, but on this on this journey, you know, I've just there's been a number of real flashpoints for me as I've done these documentaries. You know, I really looked at cannabis, and I I, I do think um, that it's crazy that we convict people for basic cannabis offences. I just think it's stupid. Um, I don't agree with legalising it so it's in the shop downstairs or anything like that, but I do did look at cannabis and think it was crazy that, A, we don't have medical cannabis widely available for people who've got cancer, and B, that we convict people with methamphetamine, um, which is an evil, evil drug. Um, I look at that and I do actually think decriminalisation for small amounts. I mean, you know, God forbid, do not let your listeners think that I don't want to crack down on the scum that are gangs in this country and dealers. But small amounts, there is no point in going through the court and prison system. We have to get people off methamphetamine. We have to try. That is the one thing we haven't done um, with methamphetamine. And then moving on to alcohol, everybody knows um, I don't drink anymore, and that is a hugely damaging drug. And then finally, last night, looking at things like mushrooms and MDMA and all of these other drugs, um, with weird things that we've got, Kerry, like, you know, with when when all the kids go off to Rhythm and Vines, they'll be able to legally get their drugs tested to make sure that they are the illegal drugs, yeah. okay? And yeah. that is just, okay, that's nuts. So that whole journey and those flashpoints has led me to this thing, like, why don't we just take the pressure off the cops, take the pressure off the court system, take the pressure off the users and, and decriminalise the stuff? There would have to be, though, wouldn't there, um, corresponding clinics and counselling services ready to go because we've fallen down badly there. Yep, totally. And and we know um, that, that this government and previous governments, um, all of their work on mental health, which, you know, addiction is a massive part of mental health, and we just do not have the clinics in the places. We do not have the clinics in fielding. Um, there's a pilot scheme in Northland that's worked, uh, and, and it just hasn't been expanded. We don't have the clinics um, in places, like I said, like fielding, when other places, you know, people will be listening and oh, I'm a roo and 
um, Gore and all the way into the South Island, all these small towns that and areas that need these clinics for methamphetamine mainly mm. is the main addiction issue. I look at other drugs, you know, cannabis included, um, definitely um, magic mushrooms or psilocybin and even MDMA, which is used for partying. Yeah. Um, as you know, you probably don't need that much. Um, you probably don't need that much addiction help if you're using those. You know, it would really be around methamphetamine where the issue would be. The others, are, you know, are recreational in most senses if they're used responsibly. It's a big part of, you know, the, our, our fatally flawed and dysfunctional families. I was watching um, a beautiful doco that's been put, an 11-minute doco that's been put out by She Is Not Your Rehab. Yes. And look, talking to these damaged, damaged men who were babies and boys growing up in fatherless, dysfunctional, violent, abusive households. No wonder they take drugs. Yeah, you know? to escape. Yeah. To escape what they've seen. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's a getaway, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's, it's all interconnected. I mean, you know, a lot of the time it, drugs are seen as self-indulgent, but I think for a lot of people who get hooked on them, it's because their reality is so crap that they want to get out of it. Yeah, and I, I had a big shift along, you know, it's been five years I've been working on these documentaries, and I had a big shift in the same direction. You know, I used to look at people who, who were addicts and, and, and think that they were weak. Um, you know, I used to think, hey, why don't you just get off pee? Like, look at all the damage that you're doing to your mum or, mm. you know, um, uh, your mum and dad and your family, and, like, why don't you, what, what's wrong with you? Just, just quit the stuff. Mm. Um, and with time, you know, I've come to realise that, you know, addiction, um, particularly around some things like methamphetamine or alcohol as well, you know, mm. can be a disease of the mind or something that people have carried, you know, almost intergenerationally. And it's, you know, it's not as easy as just, you know, being, quote, being stronger. Mm. Um, and, and that's where we need that level of help. Uh, but, you know, with the system the way it is at the moment, um, you know, we've got, you know, alcohol um, without doubt causing the most damage um, in in this country and around the world proven on every scientific indicator but yet that is our most widely available drug why have drugs become such a it's become almost a moral warfare hasn't it because you you spoke to professor McNutt, uh, professor yeah professor Nutt. david nutt. nutt yeah he lost his job when he put out the list of drugs of harm because it didn't comply with what the government thought was acceptable and what? Yeah, yeah, and he sort of put alcohol at the top, the top and yeah. mushrooms at the bottom, and it was a sort of a sliding kind yeah. of scale. And yeah, you're right; it doesn't fit with what society wants to think, yeah. you know. And and it is easier as a as a parent or whatever to just go, "Hey, drugs are bad, and they will kill you, and you will go to jail." Yeah, but that doesn't mean they go away. No, you know, that 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 you know, and and I think that's where the you know the war on drugs. That's actually what it is. If you think about it, right from the very very top, it's mm. it's like saying to a kid, drugs are bad. You'll die if you take them, and and you'll go to jail. Um, you know, and we've had that for fifty years now. It started out of America, and it's got all these sort of weird implications that it now governs our life in New Zealand now, and and not just our life by the laws, but by the way that a lot of people think. I used to think like that. Mm. I don't anymore. I used to think like that. I now look at it and go, hey, this is crazy that we're relying on 50-year-old American laws to, to, to run our lives around drugs and have our cops and our court systems running off and doing all sorts of stuff that they don't need to do. Except when it comes to drugs, I didn't. I only had alcohol when I started off as a journalist because that's fueled newsrooms yeah, forever, forever and still, it still is. Well, I mean, it's a changed environment now when I look at my young colleagues. They, <laughs> you know, they don't go for the long lunches that, that yeah. we used to do. But I never did drugs because I would have lost my job. You, you automatically lost your job if you were found with cannabis or you know any drug then. Um, 
And so that kept a convent schoolgirl from going exploring down drugs because yeah. I would have lost my job. Yes. So that deterrent stopped me from, with an addictive personality, probably from you know becoming a druggie. Um, do we need, you know, I, and I think that deterrent thing does work in some cases. So what deterrents would there be if drugs were decriminalised? decriminalised? And that's, I guess that comes to the to the next part of this. And, and I think the most important thing for anyone um, to admit to is when you've got an idea that is fundamentally flawed because decriminalisation isn't going to solve all of our problems. No. You know, it's going to be one step. It might be better than it is today, yeah. and it might be much better than it is today, but we're still going to have a problem with drugs. That's the yeah. that's the issue, and we're still, you know, like you say, we're going to have mixed messaging. And, yeah. you know, you look, at, you look at vaping today, which there is no sort of um, deterrence, there's no deterrent advertising, there's no information for parents, there's no information for people who are vaping. We don't actually know how to argue against it if we want to um and and that's making that's making that hard so decriminalization um you know i'm i'm the first to admit we'll have a lot of a lot of flaws there'll be some other version of patty gower if we ever do it making one saying it's time to go back yeah yeah you know that's the sort of that's the sort of issue um but beneath that is this issue of drugs are here what do we do about them and is what we're doing right now actually working and you know it's it's not and decriminalization might be the option to get out of that okay we've got about 35 seconds what's your next doco on patty yeah look i've got a um you know i'm looking for ideas um i've done pretty much every drug there is <laughs> so i've run I've done them as do- documentaries as docu- as documentaries um but i don't know i'm sure i'm sure something will something will come along um it might be might be addiction related or mental health related. Might might be a good one, mental health. Yeah. Have, absolutely have another ready audience. Thank you very much for your time. And yeah, it's been amazing ZB. to be here.